Good evening, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 4th of July, 2023. You're back for yet another episode of the Tiger Town Podcast. And yes, we are back, believe it or not, even though we're setting, what, third third highest records on uh, in the NRL era. But never mind that. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a special guest, Todd, back this evening, uh, filling in for Toby. And to be perfectly honest, it's it's quite the upgrade, I must admit. Um, brothers or not, uh, we all have heard Todd's expertise, and I can't wait to hook into it with him, despite what we're discussing tonight, mate. How's that for an intro? How are you? Thank you very much, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to uh, good to be here. So happy to fill in for Toby. Um, he's having a few family things going on. Uh, so yeah, he'll be back next week for all those punters that are missing him and don't want to see my ugly mug on the on the screen. So yeah, all is good with me, mate. Um, Obviously, once we get into the football side of things, things won't be as good. But you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm healthy. All is well. Yeah, and you get might yeah. get a few more minutes than Nico Hines or Steph Uto Ikamanu off the bench. I think tonight. I think this is the thing. We'll get into obviously the Tigers game on the weekend, but we've also we've got to touch on this New South Wales side for Game Three. Mm. And uh, the last vote to you guys was before Game One. Uh, we'd just beaten the Cowboys 66 to 18. We'd come off mm. the bye round. We were looking forward to that game one side. We were very optimistic. And now, I, <laughs> where are we? I don't know. I don't know. We were um, we were chipper. We were flying. Oh, Origin, Origin, Origin hadn't started. We'd just come off, you know, a flogging, delivering a flogging this time. You know, you yep. could hear it in our voice. We're excited. We are pumped. Yeah, it's a funny yeah, game, rugby league. Absolutely. So yeah, this is going to be a little bit more of a dire episode than the last time I was on, but um, you know, we'll have some fun anyway. Sounds good to me. You still got me there. Hello. Uh, just make sure to come back. Still got me there. All right, you got me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry, but uh, just good. these uh, classic internet issues. They keep continuing, but we'll keep marching on. Um, yes, mate. Well, I guess you mentioned yep. Origin. Let's um, prolong the inevitable and put the the bulk of the show, the Tigers section of the show, just to the back burner for a little bit and have a little bit of a chat about um, Freddie Fittler's third game selections for what is effectively a dead rubber trying to avoid a whitewash. Obviously, 2-1 ain't great, but it's better than a whole lot better than 3-0. So the game still matters. Absolutely. Mate, um, there's a yep. few selection changes, to put it mildly. What's jumped off the page to you? What do you think? Oh, look, overall, if you were to show me that 13, that starting 13, I wouldn't be too upset. The Bradman Best one, like this is in no context, obviously, to what's happened in the series. The Bradman Best selection is one that kind of I don't get, but not, and not a, that I don't get. He's a left side centre, has played that side his whole career. He is a good player. I can think of five or six centres that are currently available, not injured that could take that spot but he's opted with him so we'll get past that the 13 is solid in terms of what we're you know what what we've got to offer currently with in injuries and whatnot but that bench is just wow the brand best one was the um the wild card for me uh obviously a left center which is what we need uh, but i could think of five centres available for New South Wales that could be ahead of him. But for whatever reason, Freddie's opted for him. But regardless of that, the starting 
13 for game three, I don't mind. Um, I love Cody Walker back. I also think it's a real, you know, it just shows where New South Wales is at under Freddie, where this guy who is the best number six in, in a New South Wales jersey uh, can't get picked until game three when the series is gone, dead and gone. Um, and, yeah, we, we go back to the 2021 series and we flogged them, we destroyed them, and it was fantastic. But when you actually think about it, Cody should have been the number six. Like he he was the best number six we had to offer, but they went for this club combination thing, whatever. He won it. I shouldn't be complaining about it. But anyway, another person to be burnt by Freddie Ball, as I call it. Um, and then we move on to the bench, which is a lot of good players that don't serve a purpose. And we've touched on it when we've spoken since the team was announced. I just don't get it. That's the biggest thing for me. So Isaiah Yo coming off the bench, he's either your starting lock or he's not in the side at all. That's that's my, yeah. And uh, Cam Murray is a better lock for Origin and the speed of the ball we need. Uh, Isaiah is a fantastic player and has two premiership rings to prove it, potentially a third coming this year. But at Origin level, we want that speed of the play, the ball. We want those fast, you know, fast starts to our sets. And that's what you get out of Cam Murray. He's an elite, elite lock as, as is Isaiah Yo, but, we're not getting the best out of him at the moment. We should move on. Nope, we picked him. Jacob Saifidi, that's one that just blows my mind. As uh, Stefano has been burnt now, 11 minutes in Freddie Ball, he's been dumped. Um, the obvious replacement for the bench would be Spencer Lenu, who is now 19th man for some odd reason. And... We've dumped Junior Paulo as well, who was named for the Eels today, I'm pretty sure. So he's been dumped for... Oh, there you go. That's um, funny. I actually actually didn't even realise that. Um, I I had mentioned... Oh, oh. Yeah, I had mentioned in our pod that um, he was one of my most disappointing ones. I think he had four runs for 40 metres or something or something along those sorts of lines in game two. Uh, But I didn't expect to see him dropped. Um, There you go. I didn't even realise. There you go. Let me, uh, I don't want to say he's dropped and then I'm looking at the team list and go, oh, wait, there, he's not even there, so he must be injured. Um, they name they name Haas or they didn't name Haas? No, Haas never got named, so ankle injury from the ankle. Dolphins. Yeah. Like, Haas is, he was out far and above the best performing game too, and he'll have a Blues jersey for the next however many years. He is an elite front rower. Junior Paulo dropped for Jacob Saifidi. Now, that's where, what are you getting out of Jacob Saifidi that you're not getting out of Junior Paulo? Like, I don't get it. Uh, and that's where the Spencer Lenu debate comes in because if you want an elite bench player that, you know, turned the momentum in that Melbourne game that Penrith played last week, he's the guy. And I thought, well, as much as I want to keep the Penrith connection low in this game, I also think he deserves a jersey in that front row more than anyone doesn't get picked. And then we've got Reese Robson, who I thought had a fantastic game in game two for what we had and based on what was thrown at him. Uh, so he should be there. But then we've got Clint Gutherson. He's in career best form. I agree with that. But my biggest problem with that bench is it doesn't serve a purpose. It just, it's like 
throwing these good players in, great players with a couple of them, and going best of luck. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope that. And this is where this whole Freddie Ball, Freddie Fittler, and Brandy and what they've created is just. It's almost like they're taking the piss. Like at yeah. the moment. What's yeah. your thoughts on all of it? I mean, it's hard to hard to disagree with a lot of what you said. Um, from a Tigers perspective, I think it's very disappointing to see Steph that happen to Steph, considering that Haas is out um, and uh, Junior Paulo's out. So then you get what Jake Turbo coming in. Yep, and um, and uh, obviously Regan Campbell Gillard. I like Turbo being back there. I mean, I, I say Turbo, sorry, Jerbo, Jake yep. um, Turbo. Um, I, know, I like what he brings in the middle of that sort of stuff as well. I like the passion that he has. Uh, I don't see. I think he's going to be a player that's going to actually use up his expiry date a little bit sooner than people think. You're going to carry yep. players like that for so long. He's going to provide nothing in attack he doesn't we know that he's a defensive player occasionally he can hold up a line or he can be a link man but he's basically mr morale in the middle um which you've got to have yeah um, i like yep. campbell gillard i think campbell gillard's got to be a mainstay in the pack he's got the right balance this year with aggression um and and he's carries and he's a good presence but yeah the safidi one i mean what's safidi going to get 11 minutes himself you know that's a like for like you might as well keep steph there the bloke that you blooded in the game that mattered um, I don't see any point in bringing Saifidi in, who is not playing better football than what Utuikamanu is at the moment. Um, so it's another situation where someone's going to be burnt. You still got me there? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Still got you there. Yeah, no, um, I, I think we... Yeah. Yeah, the, the, Gath- the Gutherson one, I actually, in some ways, I actually don't mind Gutherson getting picked. I don't know about him being 14, but... Um, New South Wales needs to go back to that scrapper mentality um, where the 1% type players, you know, Jake Turbo is one of those. Um, And I see Gutherson as one of those. Dylan Edwards is another one. Um, And so there's a few that are pushing for, if not that fullback spot, in the very least centre of which Gutherson has played before. And, you know, in New South Wales, we're big fans of playing fullbacks in the centre position. Um, If you're going to pick Gutherson in the side, you pick him at, center and you don't pick Bradman best. I mean, that's a, that's an absolutely embarrassing selection. Uh, and Brandy tried to in 360 last night, uh, tried to label Brent Reed as being disrespectful for asking the question basically as to, you know, was, was best picked just off one good performance. Um, and he labeled Reed disrespectful for that. And the point is best isn't in the conversation. He's never been in the conversation. I could probably pick 10 centers that are ahead of him, you know, and, yeah, we've lost a couple down the pecking order. You've still got Stags available. We've still got Burton available. Um, you you got um, Isaac Tungo from Penrith, who is yeah. far better in a better side, you know. And the excuse that Freddie used today with Birdo was the fact that, oh, well, the Bulldogs aren't going very well, so I think he needs to focus on them. That mentality of, of punishing players that play for poor sides simply because they're playing in a poor side makes no sense whatsoever. He just picked someone from Newcastle. No. And, yeah, Newcastle had a ripper on the weekend. Newcastle have been going like bustards too. What are they, a couple of wins ahead of us? Like, it's 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 yeah. not like these guys are setting the competition alight. So, yeah, look, there's some that I liked and some that I was like, what are you doing? So all I can hope for, yeah. um, as we've said a couple of times on the pod in the in the weeks prior, is that Freddie and Brandy go on their merry way. And thanks for three from six series. They did okay, but they should have done a lot better. Um, and yeah. Yeah, look, I'll still be watching the game, but I think the um, the nature 
of Origin when it's two and zero is a lot of the gas goes out of the room come game three. So I don't think I'll be super invested, and I think there should be a bit of change coming our way next year. Um, hopefully, coaching staff and a few selections, and and maybe a little bit of then continuity. Uh, I would have expected him. I agree with your point on Cody Walker. I, I think Cody should have been picked for game two personally. I would have had Cody and Mitchell Moses in there, um, but. If you've got one eye on the future that they talk about out of one corner of their mouth, talking about the likes of Bradman Best, giving him a taste, Uto Kamana giving him a taste, then why are you picking a 33, 34-year-old 5'8 that's got a couple of years left in the league at best? Um, yeah. You know, so unless he's your linchpin, and, you know, especially in game three. But anyway, I digress. Uh, it, it is what it is, and it, it'll be good to see a few different combinations, but they got, what, four training sessions to try to get it all going, yeah. so... We'll see how it plays out. Absolutely. Like the, the injuries were the biggest part of New South Wales um, preparation this year. Like when Latro went down in game before game one, we the writing was kind of on the wall then. You know, they've gone through. But again, we we've got the cattle to back it up. We just don't have the coach to to do it. And um we I said to someone, you forget that Freddie in two thousand nine got the roosters a wooden spoon like the Roosters of all teams, he got him a wooden spoon. He has some really far out ideas. Um, and this seat, this series, he's been out coached by Billy. And that sucks so much as New South Wales fans, because this is what we wanted was to fucking smoke the big four. We wanted to, you know, they, they killed us for eight years straight. We couldn't get a, couldn't get close to them because of how good uh, a set of team they had, how tough they were, how they turned up for each other every week. Um. Yeah. Right. Sweet. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I. I think we've all we've all said what we've said about the team selections and the coaching staff, and fingers crossed that things can uh, make a change for next year, maybe. That's it, man. And, and like, even though it is a dead rubber, I I don't want to lose. Um, I don't want to give them three nil. So. You hope that we can get it done but the team and the coaching staff we deserve pretty much as fans that cop it a lot a lot yep yeah that's uh that's probably... what, one point i want to make is they fucking con oh sorry i was going to say the constant yeah. queensland get origin queensland get this queensland get that we get it for me the new south wales fans we've stuck through them through the eight in a row we stuck through them through this bullshit. Like, you know, I, I don't understand how that com concept comes out. I get it that these selections and stuff and the way the team comes, you can say, well, New South Wales just don't get it. But, like, the fans, fuck, man, we suffer. Like, we suffer yeah. so bad for yeah. this origin period to the point where a lot of us, like, why do we even bother, you know? Oh, that's, that sounds pretty reminiscent of the jumper I'm wearing and, well, cover that up, but the, the colours I'm wearing, yeah. Oh, 100%. That, that argument makes no sense. You know, New South Wales doesn't get it. it what it is is it's a cheeky little slight um, on at the hearts of all New South Welshmen, and it's and it's just punching down. You know, you've been dominant for the last 20 years, Queensland, and you're going to make fun yep. of the people that you've beaten. I I don't understand. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I don't... Uh, what's it, how, how can I phrase it? Uh, I don't... Um, I don't love my state or that jersey any less than any Queenslander. Um, every single person I knew grew up passionate as all buggery for the Blues. 
It might have been regional thing. It might have been where yep. we were. But um, uh, yeah, like I, I just think it's a bit out of line, and it's become a a laughing, a sort of a, a long running joke or a bit of a meme now, which sucks because um, when you say when people are making comments like that, um, it's it's questioning, I guess, the integrity of the passion of someone. You might question somebody's output, but you can't question how passionate somebody is about something based upon their output, and much less an entire fan base. Uh, but anyway, I don't yeah. want to get precious precious about something as silly as that. But yeah, it does irk me for sure. Absolutely, and and that's just my point. Is you know, that it, it's a concept that I don't get because I'm like, we sat through eight in a row. Um, you guys threw your toys out of the cot because we we're going to win four in a row. Yeah, and you know, it, uh, anyway, short it, short, it, short memories, don't they? Very very short memories of Queenslanders. And time will come. Let's not mention the fact that probably the two best players in the state have been out for the last two series consecutively in Turbo and Luttrell. Uh, yep. That makes life a little bit easier for you. We lost probably the best halfback in the country on par with DCE this year in, in Cleary. And, you know, so injuries don't matter. And, um, you know, losers are the ones that, that talk about their their injuries walking, but that is what yeah. it is. It is what it is, man. Speaking anyway. of losers... <laughs> Yeah, that's for a seg. Yeah, that for a segue. Uh, the worst loss in the NRL era and the third worst of all time. Seventy-four to nil. Uh, West Tigers defeated by the Queensland Cowboys. North Queensland Cowboys. Sorry, up there in Townsville on Saturday. Um, mate, it, it's been dissected um, to the nth degree. Um, you know, every man and their dog have had their say on it. Uh, in some ways, fortunately, that Canterbury Bankstown got um, shellacked by a far worse team in the Newcastle Knights the following day and took an iota of heat off us, to be honest. Uh, they've yep. got what we would probably assume and, and safely say is a better roster themselves, and they got lapped almost as badly by a team who is far worse than what the Cowboys are running at the moment. So in some ways, it's probably not as bad as that, however. You can't ignore the cold hard facts, and the cold hard facts is that um, that is uh, an a historically bad performance, and we're talking decades upon decades, hundreds of years almost. Um, we're probably going to talk about a fair few bits and pieces, mate. But um, how did you sum up that game? What did you what did you sort of make of it, other than the obvious? I think before the game kicked off, I knew we were in for it. That game. Um, Cowboys were embarrassed at Leichhardt, uh, you know, not so much as two months ago by what we put them through. And I knew that they would be up for that game. The Cowboys are a good side and they started the year very slow, but they've been kicking the gear slowly, slowly. I never expected it to go the way that it did in terms of, I thought, you know, a scoreline along the lines of, you know, 40-something to you know, 12 or something like that. Nothing, nothing like that. And I had to refresh myself. So I watched the highlights or the lowlights for us tonight just to, you know, reinvigorate what happened. And it was just, it, it was just the most biggest clusterfuck you could ever see, like in terms of the defensive, you know, effort that we had versus their attack was slick. It was on point. Every single pass went where it needed to be. Mm. Every player knew where they had to be. Um, yeah, it was oh, – it could not have gone any worse, really. Yeah, well, it, it went as bad as it could have gone. 
And as you said, Canterbury took the sting off us the next day with their abysmal performance against Newcastle, who are were on the verge of, you know, the chat was if Newcastle lost that game, Adam O'Brien's out the door, they lose a coach. So that's a big, big thing. So they only had to win to keep him in the game. They just slaughtered them to the point where I'm cheering for them to just score two more converted tries yeah. to take <laughs> I think, record off. I think we all were. And actually, I saw that oh. score at about the 70th minute, and I thought, ah, oh, 10 minutes, easy. They could get three or four here. Yeah. And I, I watched the last yeah. 10 minutes riding them home. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's a race to the bottom yeah. in that sense. Yeah, and it, it, it's really the wind's out of our sails, you know, to put it bluntly. We, we went from the Cowboys game where we towed them up. Everything was looking fantastic. We had that bye. We go into the Canberra game where we were very unlucky with the way that it ended. Um, didn't play great during the game, but showed a bit of spirit and got us got us home. And then since then, it's just been diabolical, really. The Titans game. So I I haven't been on the pod since the uh, since just before the Canberra game. Um, the Titans game was awful. Just uh, thinking about it makes me cringe. Um, Melbourne was what we expected based on the people that were on the park. Like we couldn't, we couldn't compete with them, but that was just, wow. It was, yeah. In a bit of shock at some points about how bad it was. Yeah. So I don't know. How did you feel? Cause I know you and you'll sit there and watch every single minute of these games. Like you, you, what, it, where, where did the numbness come in? Like, how did you just go, what can we do? Yeah, well, I was sort of sitting. Uh, we were out of town. Um, we had a weekend away uh, with a few, a few friends and, and whatnot. And yeah, um, Toby was was meant to come, but had to stick around. And so we went from having to sit through that together out of town on a holiday away to having to sit to, through it by myself by the fire with everybody else in the house not being football fans. Um, so I'll give myself a little bit of credit because there was probably just some laughing and head shaking at some points and there was no real anything else other than that. Um, I think it was just one of those games where, look, I'll go through a number of reasons um, in a minute as why I think there was such a turnaround from last time we played the Cowboys in particular, but um, it was one of those games where the opposition was tremendously in form. We were tremendously out form, out of form. Um Momentum is captured early and it just doesn't let up. Everything, every bounce of the ball goes at teams and occasionally it happens. And because we are, or have been, sorry, in the last two, three years, at specifically um, a perennially pretty awful side, uh, we raise the chances of that happening against teams we play, I think. Um, and we've come up against sides that are red hot, that haven't had balls bounce their way. They've had tries disallowed or they've had a rough bounce or something and it might have ended up 28 or, or something like that. Um, whereas this is just one of the ones where it caught fire. And hey, look, six weeks ago, we caught fire against them. And we did exactly mm. the same thing. We're out of form. Oh, they were out of form. We were playing pretty good footy. Um, a number of other variables, again, like I said, I'll talk about in a minute, but um, it was the opposite. And, and we scored 66 points on this same side, as you said. Uh, so it can happen in footy. You know, for the, for the most part, they were full strength. I think they almost were full strength. Uh, that actually yeah. had dropped. Had they dropped Kyle Felt, um, and we were obviously we're missing three quarters of our spine. Um, it sounds like I'm making excuses, but I, I think primarily it was momentum, uh, momentum yeah. and luck, those things. Um, 
I've got a little list and and I'll just putting a few thoughts down and picking up a few bits and pieces from what I've heard other people comment on. I've got six reasons why. Um, and there's there's more too, uh, but happy being out. So not only is he our best player and captain, but he leads the tempo in defence. Uh, line speed, kick chase, he mops up the ineffective tackles in the middle. Um, he, he facilitates more metres in attack. There's I'm underselling what he's doing there, but that's a the gist of it. Brooks was out. So halfback, most experienced playmaker on form. He's our best runner. He's our best kicker of the football. So he's our best attacking threat all year. He's a solid solid edge defender. Um, and he's got the capacity on occasion to break or alter momentum, as he did in the Panthers game, which led to a victory with those 40-20s. Uh, momentum, I mentioned it a few times. And, and the modern game is just a, a giant momentum machine, essentially. Um, mm. The best defensive sides can disrupt momentum. They can do it by... Um, uh, providing pressure, adding pressure, or just suffocating teams, uh, scramble defence, umbrella style, uh, that sort of stuff. It sounds it sounds lazy, but momentum can you can just get away from you in a game, and we've seen it a thousand times before in different games this year, both involving our side and not involving our side. Um, if you get the jump early, the points can just come. The cows built momentum; they didn't slow it down. Um, and even we seven several times this year have, have like rode momentum nearly to victories. Yeah, the Bulldogs game earlier in the year, 10 minutes nearly was enough for us to to beat the side. Same with Canberra. We had about, what, 10 or 12 minutes and we nearly beat that side in 10 or 12 minutes. It's all momentum. Cows in the first game, same thing. Um, I think the big one, or one of the bigger one, big ones is attitude. So both us and the Cows, they were, um, you know, the attitudes were completely flipped from last time. Uh, they wanted revenge. And I reckon that we, with Brooks and Appy being out, um, with the fact that we've just, you know, we've had a, a poor run now uh, off the back of that last game that we played. I think the pre-game, the heads are just lower and they're just dropped. And as soon as you get stuff go against you, you become brittle. And then and then that's what happens. So attitude as well. You saw the start of the game. They approached the start of that game brilliantly. They, they then made a half break on the first play or the first, yeah. first set of six. And so they were there to, to go. But the problem is you become a glass cannon, I think, at that point. Uh, and if you lose those those players who have the ability to change momentum in the game, then you're at the behest of what the other, whatever the other side is doing. And we saw that they were red hot with everything going their way. And so you've got bugger all chance to do it. Wakeham isn't a momentum shifter. Um, so two more. I'm getting there. I know, I know this is a long one. Um, luck. I mentioned luck. Uh, last time we got every bounce of the ball. This time we couldn't buy good fortune, you know. Knock-ons out of Junior Tupo's hands straight into their hands for a certain try on the line. You know, how often do, do teams knock on bombs and it doesn't lead to a try? Of course it led to a try this time. Um, like, how many no-look Hail Mary passes did they throw over their head that just landed in the bread basket of someone that happened to be running there? Could have gone to the left hand, could have gone to the ankle, could have gone over their head. You know, that happened probably three or four times for tries. Um, they yep. threw several forward passes for tries that weren't picked up, like, I'm not excusing anything. I'm just saying that when the luck's on your side, you know, that might become 56 nil. That's not much better, but it's a hell of a lot better than setting records if they pick up those. And like um, Jordan McLean's try, you know, a grubber that bounced 90 degrees to the right and just happened to go into a prop's arms on the line. You know, it was just, it was getting to the point where it started to become funny. Like I said before, when I was watching the game quietly by myself by the fire, I started laughing. It's it's some of the things that were happening. Um, and, and then, it's sort of a fortune luck component, I guess, when the, you find the humour in it. 
the other thing was competitions, and that's a big one. Our our edges have been absolutely decimated. I think I uh, I read because I didn't count when I rewatched that there was nine tries down Nofaluma's side. Uh, from memory. So if you have a look, like the 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 second rower, half center link is the most important in rugby league. Uh, it starts and stops tries essentially, short of like a crash play or or a, a lucky dip bomb. Just about every try or every every work play that goes through to create overlaps um, is going to come through edges. You know, we've got Bateman that's now playing in the middle, who up until that point had been playing um, on the edge and had right. chalked up our edges. Yep. yep. Um, we miss Brooks, who these days and for quite a while now has been a really solid defender. He hits, he runs line yep. speed, combinations are quite good. You know, he has he has his shortcomings from time to time, but generally he's a pretty bloody good defender. Papa Lee, he's been shifted sides as well and we've had Bloor come in who's only been in for a handful of games as well and and these combinations not to mention the fact our centers are different Naden's just coming back or had just come back um and then Toa had played five eight so he was one man in and now he's back out you know it's just it was just shambolic um and if you if you're going to mix and match the most um fundamental common defensive combination um game upon game upon game you got Buckley's chance in my opinion um of defending a well-drilled side and we saw it we just bled points and and it wasn't through lack of trying i don't think um so look that's just a a quick little list of of a few things that i think contributed to it um and i know it's not a short list and I, i just i guess the point of going through those things is one to get a little bit of um catharsis or a cathartic feeling to get some of those thoughts out but also to try to strip away a little bit of the commentary around the fact that it is this issue or it's Pasco or it's Hadjapantelis or Sheens needs to go or Benji and Scott Fulton are fighting or blah, 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 whatever. These things are always multifaceted. They've always got a shitload of variables going on. And the bottom line is a shitty team missing three quarters of their spine came up against a red hot side that had a shitload of luck. Yeah. And execution. I don't want to discount Cowboys and execution. Sorry. Um, And, that's what manifested. I mean, it fucking sucks, but, you know, and it doesn't paint us in a good light and all that sort of stuff, particularly moving forward. But, um, look, if we played that game again, it wouldn't have been 74-0. No. If we no. played this weekend, it wouldn't be 74-0. I don't think it would even be, you know, within three or four tries of that at, at the very worst. Um, I, You know for a fact that that would – go out with a chance to try to redeem themselves, but it wouldn't be the case. So, yeah, look, they they just caught lightning in a bottle that night and and we copped it. And that has been the case, as I said earlier, for the last two or three years where Melbourne did it to us, the Roosters did it to us, and now the Cowboys have done it to us. Um, and you run that risk when you are a side that is really struggling. And I don't think it I don't think it's a premonition for where we're headed. I mean, up until that point, we had only conceded more than 28 points once in the whole year. In the whole year, which is incredible. When I read that stat, I thought, oh, shit, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good for where <clears> we've <throat> been. And we're averaging something like 22 points a game or something prior defensively. We're up over 28 last year. Um, so yeah. there's a lot of improvements there. And I think there's a lot of factors that went into that on the weekend. Didn't make it much very enjoyable, <laughs> obviously, but... Uh, it's more than just more than just one or two things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I'll agree with everything you're saying there. It's 
uh, it was a hard game to um, tear apart, really, because, as you said, you know, we're missing three quarters of our spine. Um, you didn't even touch on Dane Laurie played six for the first time in an NRL game. He's never played six before. Uh, excuses aside, like it's it sucks to lose by that amount. But yeah, watching the highlights tonight, um, you, you really saw the tries they scored. And as you said, luck was absolutely on their side. Everything just seemed to go their way. So if you take luck out of it, maybe we lose 54 to nil, 62 to nil, something like that. There were a few passes that I didn't like. Um, maybe that's just the Tiger coming out of me. Again, that sort of stuff. You don't expect in those games to go up and beat them. They they weren't going to let us beat them, but you don't expect to walk away with a record score against you. And then the narrative comes out. You, you imagine talking about that. We, we lose 58 to nil, for example, and then the Bulldogs go and do what they do on Sunday. Are we talking about us on Monday? Absolutely not. You know, we we got the Dragons. What, Very was the, good what, what was the Dragons score? 58, 12 or something? 58. Well, or something like that. Like, yeah. you, you're, you're talking about those sorts. Yeah. The Dragons are going into that game with their full-strength side, effectively, like the best side they can field on the park. We've we've lost so many players in terms of injury and, and stuff like that. And key that, position players you know, too. The other, absolutely. The, the other thought I had a day or two ago post-game, um, like Sunday or, or yesterday, was if you take that same Cowboys side and you take – their three best players out. So say drink water, Dearden and Robson or Dearden and Townsend or whoever it might be. They're not even getting with Kui, within Kui of that. They might, you know, and it's all speculation, but 20, 30 points in them at best if we're awful. You know, yeah. that game was built entirely essentially off um, Dearden and Drinkwater's just creative whatever. You know, they just, they're, they, they played brilliant attacking football, those two primarily. Even take those two out, for example. You know, yeah. Us without Appy and Brooks, our two best players, our two most threatening players, probably our two most experienced players or close to it, and two key position players. You know, it's it can't be undersold. And, um, yeah, I don't know if, if the commentary in the media so far around uh, what we've been copying or the lack thereof compared to, to past games where we've absolutely cut the shellacking is reflective of the fact that Bulldogs also did. Or if people are actually taking in a little bit of consideration that we are where we are and there's, there's a few mitigating factors, I don't know. Yeah, I think the, the scoreline is what's blowing it out of proportion, but I feel like the narrative is exactly what you said. Those that know rugby league, okay, there was a lot of factors there as to why the scoreline went the way it did. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's concerning in the same, you know, but in the same breath, it's also like, well, it, it is what it is. Like it's expected considering what we're, what we're putting up versus what the Cowboys were putting up. That Cowboys side goes up against the Newcastle side that beat the Bulldogs by 66 points. We know how that's going to go. Mm. You know, that the Cowboys going to roll. Them. They're in, they're in for players like, um, I saw a meme that said coach of the year should go to Billy Slater for the North Queensland Cowboys because he's just bought those guys out of their skin. Like you got Nanai, um, Cotter, um, Val Holmes, who got owned by Stafford Toa and who we were, we were cooing about 
when we did it, the, the pod last saying, how's this guy going to defend against Turbo or Latrell or Stephen Crichton? And the bloke has gone to another level. Like he's just playing out of his skin. Mm. So these guys are all in form versus us just trying to hold on really. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. The scoreline sucks and we've acknowledged that, but you also have to look at the outside factors and go, we're not sacking the CEO for that. We're not sacking the, you know, this guy for that. We're we're looking at what happened and going, well, we got shellacked by a good team. We would have hoped the score was less, but it wasn't. So what are we going to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And. And you got to have a look as well about how they scored their points. There's a lot of second phase stuff and a lot of stuff on the edges like we spoke about. And our strength is our forward pack. And the area that we don't have many injuries in in many ways is our forward pack as well. And they didn't come through the centre of us. They made a few metres yeah. and, and that's to be expected. We, we are missing, like we said, one of our, our tempo leaders in defence um, being happy. And a lot of them, he, he throws a lot of the boys on his back and does that. And then you add to that the fact that a few of the boys had a few poor games, but they did not just simply own us through the middle, scoring uh, crash ball tries next to the post and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, exactly right. Like you saw uh, watching the highlights tonight um, to you know reevaluate this again. Um, a lot of tackles that you know, a lot of desperate tackles that just you know slipped off Naden in, in a couple of times went like full on for a desperate round the legs tackle, and he just slipped, and it's just. Yeah. It's just those sorts of things that just weren't going our way. And, um, yeah, we, we sound like we're making excuses. We understand we lost 74 to nil, but mm. we we don't think that this is an excuse to burn the club to the ground yet. Anyway, no. we'll, we'll wait for the Sharks no. this week. There's been plenty of times <laughs> like that. There's been plenty of excuses in the past to burn the club to the down, ground. So this won't – Yeah, if, that, if those Absolutely. won't break us, this won't. Uh, and, and if, if you think – if you think we are being apologists for the performance on the weekend, you try getting on here and doing a podcast following that performance. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, you try filling you know, it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. That takes heart. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Any uh, any sort of fight? Mate, oh, sorry, you, you go. I was just going to say, if you were to put those two team lists together and you'd show the Cowboys team, we'll move aside from that, but look at, go to our one, one six seven. You've got Buller, a rookie fullback playing out of his skin, but a rookie in a sense. You've got at six Laurie, never played five eighths before in a professional NRL game. Yeah. Then you got seven Brandon Wakeham, who will move on from pretty quickly. Um, and then Jake Simkin again. That's not our first choice dummy half. It was only ever going to go one way. It just went yeah. a lot worse one way than we like. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Exactly, so, and it, and if you look at how they had been playing prior to that, I mean, probably not the last month, but that that rich vein of form before we lost Brooks and Appy, and you look at that squad, uh, particularly those names that you mentioned, most of which bar Jake, who is on the bench, um, and Laurie, who obviously wasn't in the side, you know, the squad the squad had been overachieving in many ways. You know, the fact they knocked off Panthers and and what they did to the Cowboys. You look at the squad on paper, you know, name for name. Last time they did that, and they put a cricket score on, so. Yeah, you know the, the capabilities are there in that squad, and and many of these these players have shown that they they have what it takes. It's just about that building, and it, it's about that building yeah. over time. And uh, you know you're going to have these these issues. You know, um, Gus Gould, who 
I guess we hate half the things he says, but occasionally he's got a fair few nuggets of wisdom. And he was speaking on 100% footy uh, last night, I think. He was talking particularly about the dog situation and the salary cap situation. And and he articulated it really well. And I'm not going to – I'm going to briefly, briefly try to paraphrase what he said, uh, but I encourage anybody who's interested or their ears are pricked up by what I'm saying to you, actually go back and watch it. It's on YouTube. They they upload the, the snippets there. I think it's about an eight- or nine-minute video. Essentially, he was talking about struggling clubs digging their way out of the doldrums. And he said, you've got two options. And this is this is something that people have spoken about. It's not, it's not news, but he, he articulated it really well. And essentially, he's talking about the boards or the administrators of these clubs that are struggling at the time, they understand that, they're, that it's a, there's a pressure build there. So there's pressure from the fans, there's pressure from the media, that sort of stuff as well. And it only grows over time. That's not news to anybody. And so in order to try to... Um, to alleviate that pressure a little bit, the temptation is often too strong for teams to go out and try to to overpay certain players to pull them in to maybe climb two or three spots up the ladder. Maybe it jags them an extra win or, win or two or three over a season, but there's no long-term plan along that sort of lines. Um, I, I didn't see this in particular, but I have heard that he alluded to the fact that the Tigers are actually three to four years ahead of the dogs in terms of their junior pathways and actually spoke positively about the way that we are heading on that similar vein to what Penrith were doing. And he said, this is part of the process because the first, one of the first things you have to try to do is to try to get the salary cap in order. And in order to do that, you have to paper over cracks with people that perhaps aren't ready or a weaker squad can be exposed particularly if you have key injuries. They've had a shitload of injuries through their forwards. We've had a key, a, lot, a shitload of injuries in more recent times to key positional players. Um, these squads are skinny because that is the process of building them from the ground up. You've got to bring players in, but you've got to build these people up. Uh, and it takes time, as he said, you know, and the meme was always the Penrith five-year plan. But you look at them now, you know, untouchable. And yeah. they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, that, that, mm system as a club and they've just now got their production line coming through. They won't win the comp every year, but they're going to be there or thereabouts. You know, it's hard to envision Penrith missing the eight anytime in the next decade, you know? Um, And we're not asking for that necessarily, but I guess this is more a symptom of what he was talking about in that segment last night. Um, And I'll I'll probably wrap it up here because I do want people to go and have a bit of a listen to it, but it just, it just put it really well and explained it really well. And it doesn't make the losing any easier but we know for a fact that the pathway system at our club has been heavily invested now for about two, two and a half years. It's going to take longer. Um, we've saw, we've seen Talon make his debut. We've seen Jaren Buller come in. We've got young Artasi James at 22 here. Buller and Artasi James aren't the juniors that they're talking about when they talk about this next crop coming through. And people even look at, look at something like Jersey Flag and we're coming second last in Jersey Flag. There's reasons for that. They're talking about the SG Ball kids. They're talking about the Harold Matz kids. And the problem with something like Fleg, for example, is that all their best juniors are getting pulled out of Fleg to play up New South Wales Cup or even play a game or two at NRL with a couple of the debuts we've seen because we're trying to get these guys fast-tracked in because we are struggling. We want to get them up to that level so quick. We could keep our best players down in Fleg and be up in the top four. The likes of um, Felidi, who's been playing New South Wales Cup. The likes of um, Talon De Silva, who's now playing NRL. And and these other guys who uh, they're sort of holding back a bit from flags. They're holding him back in SG ball. So, look, it's um, 
it's part of the process and there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than just, I guess, the weekend warrior fan might think um, a shitload more. And um, yeah, go and watch. Um, if you haven't watched that segment, hop on YouTube, 100% footy. Gus talks about it yesterday. They upload a series of segments. It's, it's worth having a listen to anyway. He, he sort of lays it out really well. So, yeah. Yeah. No, fantastic. I, I love Gus and I agree with a lot of what he says in regards to that. And it's um, it's what you can see with what we're building and what's coming through. And yeah, you've got to be smart with who you're spending your money on. And you've also got to, you know, it, <clears throat> there there will be a $700,000 player that we could get for 950000 But we don't want to pay that because we realise that we could invest that money elsewhere. But in the meantime, we're suffering losses like we are. And the fans are getting restless. The fans are getting angry. The fans are threatening to cancel their memberships, burn their jerseys, you know, kill Pasco, do all that sort of shit. Whereas it, it's going to take time to rebuild this club. And we understand we're in the Carlton situation. We're just going to be, we're on about a fourth rebuild, but this one is one that's actually got focus. This one has got plans behind it. And this one is where money's being spent where it has to be spent. And we can build a core group of players that can take this club further. Losses on the weekend like they were really just start to put that negative attitude out where if we can just focus on what's coming, things are going to get better. Yeah. Like that's that's the that's the best thing. Yeah. And, 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 the same, and he's and, right about what... No, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say about it? I was, was going to say... Gonna say he, he... <laughs> we just did it. <laughs> Little dance right there. Um, what... What he was saying in regards to the dogs being so much further behind than what we were is because their junior system for so many years has been fucked. And he's in there trying to fix that. He's trying to build these players through to build another Penrith, to build another, you know, Sydney club that's building these amazing juniors. And it's it's great that he's acknowledged what we've got, especially what's coming through from Campbell to all that. There's these amazing players coming through that we're gonna just you know, guide through to our system and we can use them as we want. So things are looking up in that retrospect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's hard for th to see the forest for the trees in those situations. So I'm actually surprised we've seen more green shoots this year than um, what I anticipated, um, you know, and the defensive statistical improvement that I spoke about earlier. That's just one of them. The likes of Buller and TDS coming through is more, yeah. um, you know, the likes of Steph, making origin you know these are all little things that we weren't anticipated to do a whole lot this year we've got the key injuries that i've spoken about and and we're we're looking and they've always spoken about building for 2025 and beyond once benji takes over these were always going to be gardening years and um everybody i guess in the off seasons can sit there and go oh yeah 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 no worries you know we'll sit tight we'll be patient yeah we understand it's a long process but then when the season rolls around you get your jersey on you crack a couple of beers and you sit down and watch your football team you forget that we've got a couple of years of gardening to do to get to where we want to as a club and as an as a, as a system as a franchise, uh, and you just want to see your team win on the weekend, and and you become about yeah. the now, and um, and that's quite a hard uh, mindset to shift. Um, and you and I, Toby, everyone out there, you know, we were as guilty of it as anybody. We don't get any less aggro with with um, with our current predicament, no doubt, but. 
people can choose to to focus on the now if they wish. Um, I won't because it's pretty fucking miserable. So I'm going to focus on what the plan <laughs> seems to be and the evidence that I could see that plan is. And then here's the evidence. Um, the evidence is we've invested more than we've ever invested in junior development. We've got um, sides in Harold Matt's um, SG ball league, obviously, and Andrew John's Cup, which is a, a sister sister competition to um, Harold Matt's down down in New South Wales. Uh, we've got the the Cubs program that that runs and does um, tours and certain games and programs, which is separate to that system as well. So that's an entirely separate junior development program. In the Andrew Johns Cup, we've got the MacArthur West Tigers side, which my understanding is the under-15 side. They just recently played a touring side from Tonga and absolutely shellacked them. Um, the MacArthur West Tigers side made the semis, is my understanding, missed out on the, on the grand final just. Harold Matt's side... Uh, last year for Wests, won the grand final for the first time in Western Suburbs history. Uh, this year, a lot of those boys moved up to SG Ball for their first year of SG Ball. I think we were competitive in SG Ball. We had a lot of guys playing young. We actually had a lot of those Harold Matz guys from last year play up in Flegg as well, playing two grades up. Uh, that's the likes of Talon De Silva and whatnot. And we even have some of those guys making New South Wales Cup debuts as well. Um, we have the centre of excellence. It's where it needs to be it, it, the best the best facilities on the east coast of Australia um, for rugby league, uh, for any sport for that matter. Um, we've got our salary cap in the best shape it's ever been in the history. The club is making money, one of the few clubs that actually makes money. Uh, so, you know, but we're not winning football games. And, and it's all that other stuff that people don't see. Um, and I understand that. that That is 90, 95% of what following a football side is, is the game on the weekend. But the other stuff matters, and the other stuff will pay dividends. I'd, I'd place, you know, I'd, I'd place my house on the fact that I, I don't know time frames. Maybe five years, five ten years, we're regularly in the finals. But ten years is a shitload, a long time away. But those systems will be where the Panthers systems are from when they first started. And if you if you go back to early Panthers days, you know, and we're not Penrith, we'll have we'll we'll tread our own path. But what does come from this is success. Success might not be back-to-back premierships or it might not be five crowns in seven years or anything crazy. But what it looks like is regular finals appearances. It looks like a more competitive side. It looks like people wanting to come to the club. And it's a matter of just figuring out when that corner is that we turn. And every time we think we're turning the corner, it's just another stretch of the maze. But we're getting closer. Uh, 74 blot on the weekend doesn't indicate that. We, I guarantee we are getting closer. Um when they talk patience from the club, it's almost like a slap in the face. We want to win now in the meantime. So considering all those systems are in place, let's hope that we can use some of the coin that we can to also now focus on how we can win now because that actually does matter too. Um, and that's going to simply come from signings and and what they can do in the player market. And I guess that's why they brought Fulton in too. Yeah. So No, absolutely. Yeah. Quick, no, very it's, quick. It's all- Sorry, mate. Very, very quick segue, just talking about current signings. We'll talk about the, the Sharkies game and then we might wrap things up um, for the Steve, mate, if, if you're okay with that. Um, Absolutely. The big name on everybody's lips in, in Tiger land at the moment are the Fayunu brothers out of Manly. So uh, Manasi, Samuela, Sione and Latu. Uh, not quite in that order. Sione is older than um, Samuela. Now, we've got Sione at the club. We signed him mid last year. He's been playing New South Wales Cup. He actually started on the weekend for the first time, was my understanding, New South Wales Cup. He played in the trial match for us. We didn't mind what he saw. Good hands. Uh, he's been going relatively well in New South Wales Cup. Hasn't had a look in at first yet, but 
Latu Fainu, I've described as probably the best 18-year-old in the country. Um, mm. And if, <clears throat> Tal- if Talon De Silva is the best hooker in the country, Latu would be the best 5'8". Ethan Sanders out of Parramatta would most likely be the best halfback in the country. He is a generational signing. Um, he is, yeah. As, as much as you can tell what somebody is like at the age of 17, 18, um, he is a spectacular prospect. Like, I can't understate yeah. that. Most likely a better prospect than what Talon De Silva is um, at hooker. Uh, everything we've seen from Buller, expect Latu Fainu to eclipse it tenfold. I don't know when. Now, we haven't signed him, but he he and his brother Samuela are both in heavy talks with Mario Tartak, who's their manager, and Benji and Fulton. They had dinner last week. They were snapped doing that. Um, and... There's a few whispers around from multiple sources, but nothing credible that they have signed or they are coming. Now, we know the way that this plays out with West Tigers, um, and we can all hope and pray that's the case. These boys are not the saviours, but they are. Uh, Sam Weller is a second rower in the um, Alokawatu mould. We've seen him play a few games for Manly. But, however, they are downright damn good players, um, and they would form a gigantic part of a rebuild or of, of the current rebuild that we're doing in terms of assembling uh, high-quality players in key positions moving forward, particularly because Latu is a 5'8", a half specifically, um, like in the halves, but specifically a 5'8". So, look, what I have seen is a few things being shared with um, some feedback from family members, Chinese whispers that they're coming to the Tigers. They've decided that they are signing. Uh, I've seen uh, some family members of the Fainus make some comments on Manly pages about thanking everything that Manly had done over the years for the boys and they'll always hold a special place in their heart, indicating they're leaving Manly. Now, whether or not that's to us, it's just it's just as likely to see the Dragons or the Dolphins or the Titans or fucking Western Reds swoop in and steal them off us. But, uh, but we can hope. Um, and in terms of the signing news, those two would be... Um, would be a gigantic acquisition for us. I mean, I mean, huge. Um, mate, do you know much about those boys? Have you heard much or <coughs> watched um, the uh, what was the older brother's name? Sai Sioni. I don't know. The only um, so I watched him play for Manly. Uh, uh, for Man- oh, Manly, that would be Samuela. Samuela, Sion- sorry. Sioni um, so- is the one with is the one with us. Well, Sione's one with us, but Samuel, so he he could potentially be coming over as well. Yeah, um, they're looking at both the boys, Latu and Samuela. Yeah, fantastic aggression and everything like that. In regards to Latu, um, Latu, that's right. Latu, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Latu. So uh, a couple of, maybe two or three weeks ago, I followed the Punters and Dribblers Instagram page, um, so the uh, the Hello Sport boys, and they had their rugby league guru on, Um the man that knows everything, and they were talking to him about prospects. And he said, I've watched Latu play and this kid has got it. And they were like, those, those boys are both manly, um, mm. very excited, and said, you know, how far are we talking? And he said, oh, look, everything is in with this kid's grasp. He is, the way he sees the game, the way he plays his game, he has got it. Within three weeks, they're talking that Manly are moving on from him due to his giant contract and we're about to sign him. And the Hello Sport boys made no secret that they were devastated about what was coming. But, you know, it you is mean, what it what is. What was coming they with, with Brooks you're talking about? <laughs> well, they didn't know about that. They, um, <laughs> you, you saw that segment though, didn't you? 
Oh, it was fantastic. It was, <laughs> um, I felt bad. And like, you know, I love the bloke and I, I, I'm so glad that he's going to go to a club and get a fresh start and do something and learn from DCE because he's currently the best halfback in the game. Um, and he'll play six outside him. But the way they carried on was pretty, pretty grim. But in terms of um, letting Fonu come to us, like this is this is massive if, if this comes off for us. The only other club that's in the fold is the Gold Coast, and that seems to be based on the Des Hasler factor. I, I don't see them making a play for him. They've got so many halves prospects. And listening to anyone that knows the Gold Coast system and what players they've got coming out of their schools and stuff, the, the best years for the Gold Coast are yet to come. They've got a lot of great players coming. They're not going to pin it on, you know, one of Desi's boys from back in the day, considering they've got 14 million halfbacks for some reason. So, yeah, I, I'm very excited for this to be something that, you know, you, you just get that Benji vibe about it, don't you? Like this this young kid who, you know, he, he would be expo- excited the fact that he's going to play under Benji and that's going to be his coach and everything like that. So that would be a really big factor to him coming. His brother's already there. His other brother might be coming. Um, Fulton's already our our recruitment manager. It, it looks great. It, it yeah. could be from Western Sydney, Sydney, very family uh, oriented. Yeah. So that's Gil- Guildford is the name of the Guildford. suburb. I'm, yeah, yeah, not really familiar with it, but yeah, um, there's 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 lots of things there. On the flip side, it also builds for our biggest letdown of the year, 74-0 out the door. If this kid mm. walks and goes somewhere else, he's obviously not re-signing with Manly. That would be absolutely devastating in terms of we need we, we really need this as a club. We need to have – we've lost Brooks. Um, and, look, that, that was sort of we, – we gave him what we thought was market value for him. He's gotten a little bit more at Manly. He needs a sea change. We understand that. Um, there's no decent halves. Uh, there's good half halfbacks on the market, but there's no great halfbacks on the market at the moment that we can get. We need to start building. And so this kid could be the, the big thing. He knows he's going to play first grade. He comes to us. Even if he goes to the Gold Coast, which, again, I'm saying is his most obvious target other than staying at Manly, He's got to sit behind Hunt. He's got to sit behind Foran, and then he'll get his chance. He comes to us next year. He's starting. He's our he's our five eighth. He's our halfback. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's um it's exciting times ahead if we can nail him, and I think we will. I think yeah. I, I'm very sure we will. Yeah, thing, big big time fingers crossed. It seems on paper that we're a great chance, but we have in the past as well, and and uh, we see a lot of these four three fingers. But uh, yeah, well, all we can do is hope and. Um, he, he will just be a small piece of the puzzle, as will his brother, if we if we are lucky enough to to get their signatures, and uh, we can hope that they they are. Yeah, the one thing you mentioned, the Gold Coast, that um, I don't know whether it concerns me, but the fact that they've just released Toby Sexton, who is one yeah. of their backup halves, um, to the Dogs, effective immediately. He was actually playing for the Dogs this weekend in, in first grade. Yeah. Um, Makes me wonder if something is incoming, and if something is incoming, is that um, what's going to be a Ben Hunt? You would assume. And if he's for two years, then you've got Kieran Foran. If Desi's coming, Foran will keep rolling 12 months on 12 months for a little while. And then they've also got Tenor Boyd there. So, yeah, it's just um, when you see possible suitors start um, shedding halves, does it become a bit of a concern? But obviously it's likely that Ben Hunt's going to land there. So, look, 
we might just leave it, save if we've jinxed it, we've probably already jinxed us, but fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we go and, and maybe next week's pod will have a bit more of an answer. We just lost 74 to nil. What more can we say? What more can happen? It's all, uh, it's all sort of, <laughs> we um, keep saying that. Before, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Before we do the preview, I'm just going to do the loo. I'll be back. Do easy, and, mate. Um, no worries. That's all right. Game. I'll go through the uh, lineup while you're there. So at fullback, we've got uh, Jareen Buller against the Sharks on the weekend. Um, Asuka Poa is in on the wing for Nofaluma, who is out injured with a shoulder injury. Uh, Staffatoa Tommy Talia comes in for Naden. Same problem. Uh, shoulder injury himself as well. Junior Tupo is on the other wing. The halves are the same with Dane Laurie and Brendan Wakeham teaming up again in the middle together. Oh, excuse me. Not in the middle, sorry, but uh, in the halves, I should say. Steph... Uto Kamanu, David Clemmer are the props with Jake Simkin still at lock waiting for Appy to return. Papali'i and Bateman now returns to an edge after a stint in lock. Obviously, that experiment hasn't worked too well. We've got Fanua Pole returns to lock, uh, giving us that little bit more punch through the middle, in my opinion. Uh, TDS, Talon De Silva, young man, uh, retains his spot at 14 on the bench. We've got Sean Bloor and Safarth on the bench as the rotations. Um Sean Bloor being obviously the second row rotation. Seafarth is a prop or versatile. And then we've got Atasi James in for a debut in number 17, who is a short minute impact rampaging prop, um, who has not been known to have the odd lateral defensive deficiency in the past, but fingers crossed he will play well. The reserves here, we have Matamua, Will Smith, Tristan Riley, uh, Brandon Tumuth, and Josh Felitti, young centre, um, of ours, who is 19 years of age, playing in the origin, actually under 19's uh, state of origin for the Blues in the upcoming game, which is exciting. He's named in number 22. That My understanding is Josh Felitti has not been named in the squad before this week, so that's exciting for him. Uh, big week for the young man, and he's another one in the centres, which is a position of interest for us that we've got earmarked. So um, exciting. As much as he won't be playing, obviously, from number 22, young Felitti, he um, gets a, a run in the squad this week. Mate, I just went through the team list and obviously a fair few changes this week. couple forced with injury, a couple of rotations there. So um, Kipoa in for Noffa with shoulder injury. We've got Tommy Talao, which is disgusting, in for Brent Naden. Uh, it's probably horrible for horrible there, I guess, based on the last, the last uh, game. Forward pack is essentially the same, but we've got the Bateman to lock experiment over. He's back on an edge to lock that up. Fingers crossed. Pole back in the centre for a bit more centre punch. And uh, we've got Atasi James coming in, number 17, on the bench um, for a debut, which is exciting again. Love love seeing a few debuts from a few up-and-comers. Mate, um, what do you make of the team this week? Oh, look, it's pretty much the best of what we've got to offer, really, isn't it, at the moment? Um Fortunate to go up against the Sharks, who are a top four team, um, and do not have one player out from Origin. Like that's uh, another testament to our lovely Freddie and and what he likes to do. So, um, given what given what we've got, we've we're presenting the best side we can possibly field on paper. But I mean, the Tommy Talao factor. Um, his defence in the last few weeks has been absolutely atrocious. So that that concerns me. That halves pairing was just woeful against the Cowboys. But again, you know, they didn't really give get any chance. Uh, the forward pack looks great. That's one really positive. Um, and, you know, De Silva off the bench to to keep him keep his progression going. But 
you don't know how much these well th these losses you've just got to and, and i'm saying loss already we haven't even played the game but you can predict this is going to go one way based on the the, the, the side we're fielding these losses aren't going to do great for his his confidence um i mean there's there's no one really there that you can say doesn't deserve their spot based on the current situation we're in um but yeah it's it's not great i really feel Kapo is one of those players where i just don't get what he's being used for at the moment so we started him at the second row we've moved him to a bench rotation he's coming to center now he's playing wing uh, surely we could put him in to center for talau and play another surely we've got another winger in in the top 30 that can can fill that spot surely yeah. we do yeah well the um, other um the other names there obviously that are in the extended list are tristan riley and josh felidi so uh, i'm not 100 sure if felidi has played new south wales cup i think he was due to make his new south wales cup debut possibly might have played a game or two or he's definitely been playing flag and he's playing up a grade in flag flag being under 21 so he's 19. um yeah. and tristan riley who's been Look, I haven't got great raps on Tristan Riley, but what I will say is he is is slippery and has scored a fair few tries this year. I haven't seen enough of him to, to see whether or not his defence has improved from last year because it was abhorrent to last year. But uh, look, there's some centre options. So, yeah, the fact they've picked Tommy Talao, who's been confirmed to Manly for next year, is surprising for mine. Um, I know yeah. that's not your Asuka Power question, but we're also missing three wing options. Naden played wing last year. We've got Nofaluma out, and Charlie Staines is still returning from a perforated bow. So, look, yeah, 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 to your point, you know, it's probably the best that we can field in some ways. And that sucks for Kapoa because we were all waxing lyrical about the start of the year, how well he started in probably the first yeah. two months of football. And I think that's because he understood his role. And he's, unfortunately, I think under Sheen's become a victim of his versatility. And now he's a bit of that, doesn't know where he fits. It's that M Moses Mbai, um conundrum, you know, and you, yeah. you very rarely find a player who excels in those situations. You know, you look at someone yeah. like Con Connor Watson or, um, you know, the only one that I can really think of, there's two I can think of, and they both came out of the Melbourne system who didn't nail down a spot, but still excelled in that utility was Nico Hines who then ultra excelled when he was given a spot to focus at the Sharkies in halfback. The other one was Pappenhausen, who played at 14 for quite a while and filled in a bunch of different positions. And when he finally nailed down fullback, he set the world alight. But outside of that, these utility-style players, um, they often they find that job hard, I think, to be the Mr. Fix-It. Yeah, yeah. And you see that, oh, especially with Peachy and how um... – when he got picked up for Origin in 2018, you know, everyone thought this is the perfect number 14 and he'll play Origin however long he wants to. And then, sure enough, Penrith couldn't find a role for him. So he moves to the Gold Coast. He can't find a role there. Then he comes mm -hmm. to us. He can't find a role. He's back to Penrith. He's centre. Um, his name since the 2018 series has never been thrown up for Origin again. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's a, you know, there, there was one one player for my mind that used to nail it down but I don't think he was necessarily that role was Craig Wing. He mm. was always a half hooker, but for some reason he would he could play that utility role better than anybody out of um at at an origin level. But yeah, that, that this whole person that can fill all positions, it, it's not the be all and end all. Um, yeah, so it's it's unfortunate for him for Kapoa as we're talking about in terms of the fact that he has been shifted so much. 
um, the promise in the second row seemed to be gone within the first month and he was back in the centres and he moved to wing uh, and he tries his guts out, but he just, yeah, it's it's a victim, as you said, of his own versatility. He's yeah. the Kurt Gidley of of the West Tigers, really. I was <laughs> chatting to someone today. Remember when Gidley played for Australia and they put him in the front row? That yeah. was great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Play, At least he can say yeah, he did played, it, though. Yeah, and he got smashed. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's an unfortunate situation he finds himself in. But on reflection, it it is the best seventeen we can currently field. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the bench, I guess, in some ways, looks a little bit more traditional now, which is good. They don't have that sort of dual utility player. They've got the substitute hooker, and then they've got two props yep. and a second rower who can play middle too. Yep. So a bit more yep. traditional. I think that's that's much better suited. Um, there's some big enough bodies on there. I know that Seafarth is very un, uninspiring a name to to see, but he, particularly this year, he's come in and for little bit part roles and he's done his job. He hasn't given away penalties. Yep. He hasn't made silly errors. He's made his tackles. He's an effort player. So we said last year that as long as he's doing that in the 30, more power to you. Keep doing it. Um, I, I don't know about carrying a second row on the bench. I don't know about Bloor unless he's going to play some middle. Uh, but obviously, a Tarsi James as well. For a, he's a, a high impact middle, which will be exciting to see. He'll go one or two ways. Either he'll be um, sort of Marty to power, James Gavay, twenty fourteen Mark two, or it'll be just be a flop. But we'll see how we go. Yeah, it That's creates right. some interest, mate. Um, how are you seeing the game? How are you seeing the game going there on um, on Thursday night? Because it's creeping up on us pretty quick. Yep. Do I have money on it, or do I not have money on it? That's the question. <laughs> no, you're just giving your, your honest honest review. No, no. The Sharks are they're a really good side and we're playing a full-strength Sharks team by one or two players. I can't see us getting within 30 of them. Um, they've got a lot of points. I hope to see some defensive grunt this week. It is a home game for us, but we're playing at Combank, which is in our home stadium. So, yeah, look, Sharks 30, Tigers 10. That's my final prediction. And I, I feel bad because I don't want to turn my back on them, but after you know what what we've got to offer in terms of the players we've got on the field we can't compete with them at the moment like they're they're a really good side they've got some great players and they've got a a halfback with a point to prove and rightfully so based on how he's been treated at origin level i can see them giving us a little bit of a toweling uh but i just want to see some improvement from last week really that's the biggest thing yeah yeah, exactly. I think that's what most most people would be anticipating, you know, just um, find your shoulders and, and start there. Yeah, exactly. And look, you just take one, le- one look at that back line of ours and bar probably Buller, despite the fact he's a, what, a seven-game rookie, um, our entire back line and maybe Stafford Toa is reserve grade. You know, yeah. Asu Kapoa, Tommy Talia, Junior Tupo at the moment. Uh, particularly in these yeah. last few games, Dane Laurie and Brian Awake and their reserve grade players. That that could be the lineup. And I think it something close to that probably has been rolled out for the Maggies in the last 12 months. I would say all of those players to some degree, including Stafford Tower yeah. and Jareen Buller. So yeah. look, it's the forward's <clears throat> a different situation. Obviously, the forward pack for ours, missing Appy, but is world class. Uh, and the backs yeah. are reserve grade. It's it it's funny because as I'm reading it on my phone on the NRL page, it's got the backs and a line dividing in the forwards, you could not have more yeah. of a chalk and cheese um, of yeah. the two. So, yeah, I, I think you're right, mate. They're, they've got too much class. They've got more class in the halves, at the very least, Nico Hines, uh, Will Kennedy at the back. 
Um, he's a classy fullback. He's a high percentage fullback. He's he's dangerous, um, and he uh, he executes quite well. I I actually see their edges as being a big strength for the Sharks. Um, Massively. Britton Acora's whole running is second to none. He's in career best form. Teak Wilton's growing from strength to strength. Uh, actually surprising me. I think we've probably got them in the front row. Kafusi and Rudolph, I don't see them as overly threatening. They're, they're not walkovers. Like Rayleigh's a good player in, in uh, dummy half. So we could definitely match it with them in the forwards. No doubt about that. We've probably even got the edge of them, you could argue, in some ways. But, yeah, that back line and that, those halves of theirs, uh, um, yeah, they're going to be hard to beat. Um, yeah. I got us at, at 42-14. Um, I'm just going to, like you said, I, I just think they're going to go on sections of the game where they just they bleed two or three tries in quick succession. I yeah. don't think we have the capacity. Still, we don't have those momentum stoppers in our team at the moment. Um, they need to be in the back line, particularly in the halves, and we don't have them. Um, so if they get a roll on in the game, then that's what's going to happen. Best we can hope for is that they, um, they play a little bit down. But look, they find their shoulders and we're competitive. We're trying to look ahead as, as hard as it can be at times. How many weeks till we get Appy back? That's the biggest thing. Yeah, we're all counting down. I'm, I'm counting down to minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's like a 2,463 minutes or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Mate, no, um, absolutely. any final thoughts before we go through the PSAs, mate? Um. Oh, look, you know, we hope for the best, expect the worst. That's pretty much what a Tigers fan does now. I don't think we need to snag it two or three more wins before the end of the season. And I don't see this season being a failure based on what we've, what we've been dealt in terms of yeah. injuries and stuff like that. Um, on that how, many, how, many, how many wins then? So we're currently on three. How many wins would you go, you know what, considering? Not I'd from like the start of the year, see- but consider, considering that start particularly. Yeah, I'd say seven. I'd say seven wins. Um, and I think that keeps us off the bottom of the ladder. So... Once we hit that Cowboys game, you know, we all started thinking big and I thought, you know, finals are not out of reach. We, especially at the closeness of this comp, um, the buy points, all that sort of jazz, we we have it in us to play finals based on that one game alone. Since then, I, I just don't think that's that's plausible. And, and I think given the way the ladder is, we'd probably have to win every one of our games to do it anyway. We need to just be focusing on the future, focusing on building this side, but we also need to get our asses off the bottom of that ladder. Mm. And we've got sides around us, the Dragons and the Bulldogs, who we can easily just plonk back in there and keep them in there. So we need a couple of wins. I don't think it's coming this week. And unfortunately, we've got um, my most hated team to play the Newcastle Knights the next week, who I can't stand because... They're They're a bogey side for us too. They are, and in a way, they're, they're, they're in a similar vein to us. You know, they're the perennial strugglers. They're trying to get off the bottom of the ladder. Um, but, yeah, I hate playing them, and they'll probably give us a bit of a serve based on the side we're serving up against Cronulla. So, yeah, hopefully the goal is to just keep off the bottom of that ladder, build these build these young fellas up, and just focus on 2025 because uh, 2024 sorry I've jumped a year already fuck I've jinxed us already for next year but 2024 you know I turned 40 let's play finals 40 finals <laughs> all right I'm, yeah. I'm calling it now that'll be yeah, that'll yeah. be and your 40s will be a decade of dominance uh, creeping creeping into eighth at least absolutely that's it so yeah fingers yeah, crossed all right. that's all all right 
Hey, we might wrap it up there uh, before we uh, before we wrap up the show completely. As as we say every single week, hop on the Facebook page, Tiger Town Podcast, YouTube channel, throw a comment on there. Still getting the DMs on both those outlets, both those platforms. Love the feedback, guys. Keep it up. It, it, it's good stuff. Um, Toby, hopefully back next week as well. We're going to get Todd back as often as we can. Love having you on the show, man. Thanks so much. Um, the other podcast we say every single week as well, Westlife Podcast. Give those boys a listen and West Tigers Podcast. Those two podcasts don't like each other, but we like all of them. Um, they do the job better than us. We say it every single week. Uh, get over there. Don't forget to tell them who sent you. Mate, um, thanks again for for jumping in. I, I really appreciate it. You carried the show, if I'm being honest. Oh, thanks, mate. No, it was it was good fun. I love coming on and and chatting the footy with you boys. And um, yeah, we got to. It was a depressing show at the start, but we we focused on the positives. Really, you know, we won't talk about New South Wales anymore. We're done with that. In one more week, we don't have to hear about it anymore or for yeah. for another year. So yeah, yeah. let's just and look at us. That. But, we've some, we've, we've yeah. somehow got smiles on our faces at the end of the show. I don't know how that's happened, but here we are. Here we are. That's that's why. Be <laughs> that doesn't doesn't hurt. <laughs> Mate, uh, we say the same thing every single week. Uh, We finish with the show. Go the Mighty West Tigers. Go the Mighty West Tigers. We can do it. And the Blues, hopefully. Go the Blues. Go the Blues.